Baldy, let's get into some of the other aspects of the draft. Um, did you like the Texans and what they did in those first three picks? They took a big chance, but they went, and I think now they've got a facelift, right? They had a quarterback, and you got to get and a guy that gets after the quarterback. So here's what they had twelve. They had twelve picks in this draft. So Nick Casario filled a lot in free agency. They did a lot of work. They had a good draft last year. I just feel like they got two quarterbacks last night. I feel like they got C.J. Stroud to run the offense, and they got themselves a dog at Will Anderson on defense. Mm -hmm. Two very mature guys, big-time programs, young players, but not. it's not going to be too big for either one. They both know the response. Like I both feel like they're wearing the hat as Houston kind of builds this thing from the ground up. And I thought it was a brilliant thing. They got the best defensive player. It's it's arguable, like we just said. we, we got to wait and see. But, you know, all the smoke that was out there about CJ and the S2 score and all yeah. this stuff that kind of happens right before the draft every year. Like, he, he had to sit there and, and take those questions about that. And he's just like, I'm not a test taker. I'm a football player. And I think Houston knew that. And so this is a, it's a good day for Houston because they've been a down franchise. Um, and they've changed coaches a bunch. And they've done a bunch of stuff. But I feel like. This is a good new beginning. I, I like what they did a great deal. And it makes sense. Like, why pick 12, 12 new guys? Go get yourself a couple of studs, and you can always fill in some of the other uh, places. Yeah, Baldy, I, I'm with you. I, I like what they did. Uh, you know, I saw D'Amico smiling because he got, he got another big defensive piece. And I know they've been in some turmoil, you know, with the, with the Deshaun and all that stuff, and they had to get past it, and the coaches fired. But I do like – they're off season, and I do like this draft so far, at least the first round. We'll see what happens, but I'm mm -hmm. with you. You win it, and you change the face of your franchise. Now, let's talk about these running backs. I thought there would be one taken. I didn't think there'd be two taken in the top 15. Jameer Gibbs ends up getting you know, taken by the Lions, and I got to question this because I'll talk about Bijan in a second. The Lions, they, you know, they go from 6 to 12. And you're thinking, oh, okay, Dan Campbell, hey, uh, Brad Holmes, you guys might go defense here. Hey. And they go Jameer Gibbs. And I'm like, whoa, they just paid David Montgomery $18 million in free agency. $6 million a year. I don't understand this. A year. You know, so that pick gets made, and we all kind of are scratching our heads, everybody. All right. Um, we had John Jansen on, mm. uh, you know, great offensive lineman, University of Michigan. You know, and, he, and he does a lot of stuff with Detroit. So he, he was like befuddled. Because honestly, since Barry walked out that door, like they've they've had a, a dozen running backs come through there. Not one has ever stayed healthy. DeAndre Swift looks like I mean, DeAndre Swift was Jameer Gibbs coming out of Georgia. That's yes. what he was. He's a yes. he's a Philadelphia kid. I know DeAndre long time, went to St. Joe's prep here. But like he was Jameer Gibbs, but he hasn't been able to stay healthy. When he is healthy, he's Jameer. You know, and then you pay David Montgomery, you know, and you go, All right, like there's needs real needs defensively they were not good and so a year ago and but they had some building blocks and you go what were they thinking like they can get these running backs in any round and the way that they keep getting them injured in that program and David Montgomery's coming off a major injury you know and so and DeAndre Swift has never stayed healthy and you go okay if you bring in Jameer Gibbs like he played really one year at Alabama and he and he showed but you know, this is a 195-pound running back. Like, he's not built to take 15, 20 carries a game. He's not built for that. Right. So, 
that's what how Bijan is built to do that. But but Jameer isn't built like that. Like to me, you know, even you know the Dalvin Cooks and Aaron Jones, as good as they are, they they all get beat up. You know, and we'll see how long either one of them last. I mean, they're both great players, but maybe Gibbs is that is in that ilk. But I, I I just had a question to trade back and then to go get Gibbs when I don't think anybody was going to take him. No, maybe they had intel that somebody else was going to take him. But he was a borderline first round pick, maybe first round talent. I thought but he was a day two guy, Baldy. Day two, like look, I mean, Nick Chubb was a day two guy. Derrick Henry was a day two That's guy. Right. That's, That's kind right. of Dalvin Cook was a day two guy. I mean, a lot of these good, really great players in our league, like it's just the position. You take him in the second round. And I thought Jameer was right there at the top of the second round. You know, like Brees Hall was last year, right at the top of the second round. I, I felt like that was his sweet spot. And I, I felt like he, not just overdrafted, but overdrafted for a position that doesn't have a long shelf life to begin with. Yeah. Uh, and then they go Jack Campbell. Who again? My projections. I don't know where you had him because I, I we I don't even think we talked about him. Um, the kid out. Well, of we did talk about what we did say. Carl was this was not a great off the ball inside linebacker draft. True. Uh, that's why a lot of them moved in free agency because they knew there wasn't a Roquan Smith or somebody like that coming out of this draft. Now Jack Campbell is a big, long you know linebacker. Um, you know, and he's got experience, and I don't want to denigrate the player, but the position, um, you know, he's the only one taken for a reason. Like, it's just not a strong class. Trenton Simpson and, you know, you look at uh, Drew Sanders. I mean, the guys that were in that position, they'll get taken today, Carl. Right. They'll get taken today right. in the second round, kind of where they belong. Let's talk about Bijan real quick because uh, part of my spiel to Falcon fans and People who were saying you don't take a running back, blah, blah, blah. And I said, you know, you have to be convinced that, you know, your conviction to take this pick, you don't give a damn what everybody else says. And I think Arthur Smith didn't give a damn what everybody else says. I think he's got a plan and he understands what he wants to do. So 258 carries at Texas last season, right? Fifteen For 1,500 yards rushing, 6.1 yards average. 18 touchdowns and 60 receptions, 60 for 805 yards. He led the team in receptions. He also scored eight touchdowns receiving. And I just think the dynamic nature of that added to this Falcon offense and what Arthur Smith in his mind and what he's thinking about controlling clock and how they want to play, Baldy, I, I love this pick. And you guys know, I've been talking about Bijan, Bijan, Bijan. And I also think you might have gotten the second or third best player overall in the draft. And people are concerned about the shelf life. And I get that. But, Baldy, here's my thinking. Let's just say the kid, Knockwood, stays healthy for his rookie contract. He's brilliant for four years. Baldy, I'll worry about that after those four years. No doubt. I You're can't worry exactly about right, that Carl. right now. You're exactly right. Like, there's a couple of Emmett Smiths and Barry Sanders, a couple guys that you know, had tremendous longevity in production. But that's not what this is about. This is about you're looking at a four-year window where you've just drafted Kyle Pitts, Drake London, okay, first tight end, first wide receiver, first running back. Right. I mean, you've got you've now got a core. To go with Cordero, you know, and Tyler, who had a nice rookie season, um, you now have star power. Let's face it, that, that Mercedes-Benz Dome on Sunday is not sold out ever. 
maybe for the SEC championship game, it gets sold out, Carl. It you does. need star power. You need people in Atlanta. Like, I was there during the Mike Vick era. You can debate Mike Vick all you want. That was a star in a town that needed a star. They came to watch Mike play. Like, the, I sat down with LaDainian Tomlinson the other day in L.A., Carl, and we watched Bijan. And, you know, it's, it's good to watch him through the prism of a Hall of Famer's eyes. Mm. Because LT honestly feels like he's – like he reminds him of himself. But the one thing that you, – you, you talk about the receptions. He doesn't run it, – it's not angle routes and flat routes and screens. Like he's running these vertical routes like wide receivers and adjusting like turning the hips on corners and safeties, adjusting to the ball in the air. Didn't drop a single pass last year. Like you could see – Arthur right now, Arthur Smith, that is, like new ideas with Cordero and Bijan, you know, like, and maybe Tyler. And, you know, just new formations, new ways. We saw what he did with Derrick Henry, you know, and Marcus Mariota and Ryan Tannehill. Like, they've got legit big-time star power players. Now they got to figure out how to coordinate it and how to best utilize them. And I think it's just – you give me a bright mind, a creative mind, and I think they could do some things that most teams can't think about. I agree. It's Brian Baldinger, Carl Dukes with you. It's in the huddle, guys. We're following up the first round of the draft. Of course, today, rounds two and three, and then Saturday, four through seven. Baldy, let's take a look at some of the other stuff that, that went on. Um, Jalen Carter <laughs> lands in Philly, nine overall. He still goes top 10. We predicted he wouldn't fall out of the top 10. But the Eagles, man, I mean, is this – because you look at their defense last year, right? They had, what, 70-some-odd sacks. They go to the Super Bowl, and then they double down, Baldy. They go, we don't give a damn. We're going to get some more of these guys. Well, so they're, they're picking at 10. Chicago's picking at 9, and Jalen's falling. He gets through Seattle. He gets through Detroit. He gets through the Raiders. So now it's not a free fall, but Philadelphia's not chancing it that Chicago – won't take them at nine. So what do they do? They flip Chicago, fourth-round pick, flip picks, they get in that ninth spot, they go take them. So not every organization is built to take on a Jalen Carter with some of the issues that he's had to deal with. Except Philadelphia feels, and I and, and this is a truth statement, like their culture with Jalen Hurts, Lane Johnson, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, this is how we do it. This is how we practice. This is how we prepare. This is our mentality on Sundays. This is how we come out of the tunnel in Dallas. Mm. Like, this is who we are. Join us. Like, we, we do it the right way. And I feel like whatever questions anybody had about Jalen, sometimes just peer pressure, being in the right atmosphere. Players kind of like, you know what? Football is important to me. Let me show everybody how important it is. And so, like, he falls. And Nolan Smith, I don't think anybody thought Nolan Smith was going to go all the way to number 30. No, like, I don't think anybody saw that happening. Not when you have the speed off the edge. I mean, my comp for him was Hassan Reddick, and Hassan just had 19 sacks. They just lost Javon Hargrave. You replace him with Jalen Carter. You go get Nolan Smith. I mean, just keep sacking quarterbacks, you know, and get Patrick Mahomes down the second half and go get yourself another Lombardi trophy. Like it's, 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 not, it's not that hard, but no. they also are built. They're also built in a way that this is what they're capable of doing. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, people are making fun that, you know, Howie Roseman's just plucking these Georgia players off that national championship team, you know, the last two years. Hey, 
You have a winning mentality. Alabama's done it for years. Guys have gone and gotten Alabama players. So you're seeing it with Georgia now. What did you think about the run on receivers? It started at 20 with Seattle, and Jigba goes to Seattle. And I, by the way, I like what Seattle did, by the mm-hmm. way. Okay. Witherspoon, I love him at corner. They went early with him, and then they go in Jigba at 20. But then you had Quentin Johnson mm-hmm. to the Chargers. Zay Flowers goes to the Ravens. And of course, we will talk about Lamar's deal here in a second. And then Jordan Addison to the Vikings. And all of a sudden, it was like, there was this run on wide receivers. What did you make? And did you think that the teams got the guys they wanted? Because I yeah. thought Addison was going to go before Johnson and Flowers. Well, when I put together my list of top five wide receivers, I couldn't find – I really was stretching it to get five in the first round. Mm. I felt like the four that got taken right in a row, that was the run. Those were the four first-round picks. And so I felt like, you know, when you look at, you know – Jackson Smith and Jigba, he was my top target. He was in most teams. But, like, you know, with Seattle, like, become more explosive. You know, look, uh, they've got two great receivers right now. They put up 1,000 yards almost every year. Let's add a slot receiver. And, you know, when when it's time to move on from one, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba's there. So that then, you know, the Chargers, all they do is draft big X's. You know, like Michael Williams got hurt last year. Keenan Williams, Keenan Allen got hurt last year. Let's keep the big strong arm of Justin Herbert throwing it down the field to a guy that is a jump ball magnet in Quinton Johnston that's got he's got size he's got speed he's got leaping ability like just keep throwing him up there get the chunk plays and then I thought you know Zay Flowers going to Baltimore like this is all about Lamar this is yeah. all like what you know over paying for Odell Beckham which I think was a real key to this getting Lamar back in the building and signing the deal and that they, the Ravens didn't cave. That was their, they had no choice. Like, this is the guy, like take, take care of him. They did. And then they reward him with the guy that honestly, I remember when Steve Smith senior uh, left Carolina and he came to Baltimore and he changed the culture like right away with his attitude, his toughness, the way he pricked people in practice, like Steve Smith senior, even like at his pro day at the combine, he fell in love with Zay flowers. And he thought, he reminded him of himself. Mm, okay. And they need a dog. They need a real dog. Yeah. You know, at this position. You know, Odell's in his 10th year. He can learn from Odell some things for sure. Cause Odell's, he, he's, a, he's not a kid anymore. He's not immature. He's a very, you know, he's a sharp kid, sharp man. And I feel like Zay Flowers fits in perfect. And then Minnesota, look, you lose Adam Thielen. You can't just throw it to Justin Jefferson every play. You need a, you need a, a to balance it up and say, oh, you got TJ Hawkinson, you get your, Justin Jefferson, and now you add um, Addison to this thing, like, okay, they're ready to go. You know, they got firepower right now. They got some point scores there on offense. Baldy, was there a, a pick that made you scratch your head? The Van Ness to the Packers at 13? I, well, I kinda, that was that was one I went, eh, I don't know, I don't know, I'm not sure. I'm, I I totally agree. Like, you know, like they call him Hercules. He looks like Hercules. <laughs> um, you know, he, he was a productive player. He's got talent. They just added two defensive players in the first round a year ago from Georgia, you know, in Quay Walker, Devontae Wyatt. You know, they had Rashawn Gary. They had Jair Alexander. They had nothing but first-round picks right. all over the team. And so maybe you say, okay, you know, Rashawn's coming off an injury. Preston Smith's probably got one more year. He's been a really good free agent pickup. Like, let's just keep fortifying. Except that their defense wasn't any good last year anyways. And you got this Jordan Love. And – He's got three rookie receivers from a year ago, and he's got 
you know, uh, a backup tight end. That's who he's throwing the ball to right now. And I just thought no tight end had been taken at that point. No pass catcher had been taken at that point. Um, there was still a tackle on the board of Brandon Jones at that point. I just felt like – or Broderick Jones, I'm sorry. And I just felt like tackle because they haven't been able to keep Bakhtiari healthy or Jenkins healthy. I thought tackle or receiver or some level of receiver, tight end, was called for right there. And they went for Lucas Van Ness, who never started a game at Iowa. You can debate, you know, Iowa system. I just thought there was other bigger needs with good players on the board. I want to ask you about the Jets real quick here. Brian Baldinger, Carl Duke, subscribe, guys. Make sure you don't miss an episode of In the Huddle. We'll continue as the draft plays out. We'll be back next week reviewing all of the information because this is just one part, right? First round. We got to see what happens in day two today and day three tomorrow. Will McDonald goes to the Jets. Baldy, you had been telling me that they wanted to show up that offensive line. They felt like Aaron was coming. Aaron came. So what's the deal with this pick? Well, here's what happened. So Pittsburgh's sitting there at 17. They want an offensive tackle in the worst way. You'd already seen Paris Johnson go, Darnell Wright go, Skaronsky go. There was one elite tackle left, and that was Broderick Jones. So Pittsburgh's sitting there, and they want to tackle, and the Jets want to tackle. They both want the exact same player. Now, Andy Weidel is with Omar Khan in Pittsburgh running their war room along with Mike T. Mm. So Pittsburgh's going, if we want to get this guy, like we got to go, we got to move because Joe Douglas and the Jets are going to take Broderick Jones. But we got to get in front of 15. Jets <laughs> are sitting there at 15. Patriots are sitting there at 14. Packers pass on a tackle. Andy Weidel's just like, let's jump. Let's give up what we got to get. Let's go from 17 to 14. We're going to jump right in front of the Jets, and we're going to take the player that they coveted. There's no question in my mind Jets were taking – Roderick Jones at the 15th pick. Pittsburgh jumped right in front of him and took it. And I felt like there was just air went out of the room. The Jets. Mm. I don't think they panicked right. at that point. But let's face it. They just drafted Jermaine Johnson last year. They've got Carl Lawson. They've got these guys off the edge that they're paying a lot of money to that they're investing in. And then you go and get Will McDonald the fourth, which is fine. He's a good player. He's got he's got um He's got size and length and, you know, all the kind of stuff that you can bend on around the corner. But I just felt like they needed an offensive tackle in the worst way. And they they got jumped. Yeah. They got jumped. Pittsburgh jumped them. And they that was their fallback was, all right, let's go to the board. Our board says Will McDonald fourth. Like, regardless of need, you know, Robert Siles, like, we can't get enough of these guys. I'm sure that's the mentality they're going to say all day. I'm heading up there in a couple hours. I'm sure that's what I'm going to hear from Robert and Joe and, and the gang, but I felt like the Jets, they weren't – I'm not saying they were sleeping, but they had to know Pittsburgh with Broderick Jones out there. Like, they were capable of making that move. It's a damn good pick by the Steelers, by the way. And remember, Miles Murphy's on the board, Nolan Smith's on the board. If you wanted to go that way, you know what I mean? I, I, I personally would have gone with one of those guys. Nevertheless, we're going to see – Baldy, we got to get out of here, man. Um, get ready for day two tonight and then this weekend. We'll be back next week, guys, breaking down all of the information. And again, I always say this, Baldy, you can get the first round right. And as a GM, you should. If you screw that up, you probably shouldn't have your job. It's today and tomorrow that really makes the difference on these rosters. So one, one, one thing before we go here, Carl, Pittsburgh picks first tonight. They're the 32nd pick. In my mind, this whole process, 
with Miami not having a pick in the first round. I always felt like Pittsburgh had two first-round picks. So, And I said from the beginning that Pittsburgh needs to fix the offensive line. They did it in free agency. They drafted yesterday. Like My prediction tonight is the first pick off the board is going to be Joe Tipman, the center from Wisconsin. Oh, Pittsburgh knows what a Hall of Fame – I'm not saying Joe Tipman's going to be a Hall of Fame. Sure. But the Steelers have three of them. You know, Damani Dawson, you know, you go back Webster. to Mike Webster. Like, they know what a, yeah. they know what an elite center looks like. I think they complete the line. Najee Harris is better. Kenny Pickett's better. Uh, you know, George Pickens is better. Like, Pittsburgh puts an offense on the field. I predict tonight Joe Tipman's going to be the first player off the board. I can't wait. Uh, yeah. I can't wait to see how it plays out. Baldy, man, enjoy your day. Be safe. We're back with you guys next week. Great job last night with you and Jason. And Jason is a part of this podcast as well, guys. It's in the huddle. Make sure you subscribe and uh, you won't miss an episode. NFL Draft continues this weekend. Everybody enjoy. Baldy, we'll talk next week. Yeah, you got a call. Take care, everybody.